Hey, Invite the Neighbors DIY podcast is sponsored by Two Foot Parade Records. Uh, Two Foot Parade Records is based out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. For those of you not in Michigan, Kalamazoo is a real place. Um, I promise. It's on the west side. Um, They have a new release on March 5th, um, which is a re-release of Closet Goth's album called Friendship Village. And it's a tape that comes with a digital zine, so check that the fuck out. Um, And uh, Gabe, let me know if you don't want me to say fuck during the ads. Uh, (laughs) But anyways, they are a really cool um, record label. They're all about like kind of giving the power to the artists. Um, so, I mean, that's honestly great and it lends itself to DIY bands. So if you want to check them out, they, they take submissions on their website, twofootparade.com. Um, and you can find all their stuff there. They have, uh, Ness Lake recently put out a tape on the label and uh, worry club also put out a tape recently on their record label. So check out twofootparade.com. Also check out almost made the mixtapes new single. Here's to getting old. Upbeat pop punk melody meets raw millennial rage in this latest release. Here's to Getting Old is an open letter on the alienation under capitalism, written with the ireful disdain that only disenchanted millennials can bring, reminiscent of Blink-182's Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, sick record, with an angry twist. The single and music video are now streaming wherever you get your music. You can find them on social media at AMTM Band. And if you are in a band or have a project or something to promote or a product or whatever, and you would like to have me read an ad for you at the beginning of an episode my rates are very very affordable the idea is to just use ad money to host the podcast i'm not asking a crazy amount of money and allow bands to promote themselves even if they can't come on an episode give them a you know a miniature 30 second platform and like i said we have very very reasonable rates um I, I don't expect that anyone can afford like a legitimate ad budget. You know what I mean? So my, my prices are tailored to the DIY budget, let's say. Um, shoot me an email at invitetheneighbors.com and we can work, invitetheneighbors at gmail.com and we can work something out. All righty, here's the episode. What's up? It's me again. It's Brian Porter, host of Invite the Neighbors. On this episode, I chatted with a couple members of. Feast for the Crows, a multiple multi-string guitar-having metal band from Algonac, Michigan. Um, they have a new EP that came out, you know, recently, and it it follows the uh, events of the, the Cecil Hotel. Um, that there's that girl who went missing, and, and I won't ruin it, but it's it's like a thriller. Like the documentary came out on Netflix, and they wrote a concept EP about that. So we talk about it during the episode, so I'm not going to really get into it right here. But yeah, check that out. Check them out. Enjoy this episode. Um, Actually recorded in person at uh, IO Studios, a.k.a. Pat Schufeld's basement in uh, Ferndale. Check them out. Hit up Pat if you need recording, if you have recording needs, production needs, blah, blah, blah. He's a cool dude. It's a good hang. His wife made us breakfast like she always does. It was amazing. This was a good day. And they have like five chickens in the backyard. Hung out with them for a while. This is not your everyday podcast experience, but, you know, we're killing it out here. And the bigger your podcast gets, the more chickens um, get to meet. So just keep that in mind. If you want to start a podcast, uh, you might get to meet some wildlife in the process. Um, Anyways, I really enjoyed this. These are friends of mine. Um, It was a good time. So... Thanks for listening. Check it out. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, you know, invite the neighbors pod on Twitter. I mean, on Instagram, ITN pod on Twitter and, uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating or a review on um, Apple podcasts. Um, follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on whatever platform you use. It really helps with the podcast. I mean, it really helps visibility and it helps. Um, grow this thing so that the bands that come on have a larger platform to promote themselves. That's the goal. I want DIY bands to be able to promote themselves. That's the whole point of this podcast. Um, so yeah, do that for me. It's a big help. And you know, shoot me a message if you like the show or if you have any uh, suggestions. You know, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Again, it's invite the neighbors pod. I'm friendly. I respond to everyone. So hit me up. All right. Thank you for listening. And here's the episode. Do you guys want to um, start? Yeah, we were rolling yet. Yeah, we're rolling. Oh, we are rolling. Oh, we're rolling, Daddy. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> cool. So, oh, no fucking way. Yep, yeah, we are. We're out here. 
Welcome to hell. Audio hell, dude. Well, you know, good thing that, like, um, setting up the podcast is going to take longer than the actual podcast, which, which I really... You know, that's kind of par for the course when you use Discord. This is not an advertisement for Discord. This is a uh, this is a on-air hate fuck for Discord. <laughs> but uh, it's okay. I can say it's my podcast. But um, how you doing, Kyle? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me out again, Brian. Yeah, dude. Long hair and everything, dude. Uh, uh-huh. It's been a long <laughs> quarantine. Yeah. So, all right. So we're... I was saying earlier, like, whenever you are on the podcast or Pat, like, everything feels, like, so produced in the best way. Like, like no bands are ever that organized. Like, I've never received a call sheet before an episode, <laughs> and I, I appreciate that. So we're doing – we're double dipping today, which is a, a, another first for me. Uh, but, yeah, so you're out – you're out in where right now? Um. Well, that depends, Brian. When's this episode going to air? Oh, <laughs> I mean, uh, probably next week, <laughs> unless you have a different uh, yeah, time yeah. constraint. No, no, no. That's that's actually perfect. I I can say where I am. I'm in Houston, Texas, right now, but I can't say what I'm doing. So Houston, okay. Texas, working on undisclosed television program. Oh, you know, searching for aliens. It's all good, but uh, <laughs> something, something like that. so, but yeah. So we'll get we'll get right down to it because I know you're doing shit. So this episode is for Feast for the Crows. And so we got Kyle. And what was your name again? Uh, my name is Austin. Austin, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Austin Wargow. I play uh, guitar and do a little bit of vocals and Feast for the Crows. And uh, the majority of a lot of the songwriting. Yeah. Um, the riffs, at least. I don't write any of the lyrics. It's all with these two right here. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Far. So, this, you guys have an EP coming out. And, like, what. How did like is this the first record that you guys have done as a group or like what what's kind of like the the short bio of you guys? Um so I guess in short this is our, our it actually came out 2 weeks ago I think. Um we put out our first EP Elevator Games. Before that we had one kind of single out that uh was with uh Old Singer and since then Kyle's came on and um yeah, it's a three song EP. Okay. Uh in terms of the history of the band so uh, me and Richie, uh, the other guitar player in the band, we were in our first band together in like middle school, actually, and then kind of went our separate ways through college and high school. Yeah. And since then, I've come back mostly because he's the only other person I know that plays eight string guitars. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like uh, I, I play a lot of other kind of music, and I kind of got away from metal. And uh, the past couple of years, I've really come back to progressive music and kind of the shredhead kind of stuff. Um, and Richie. Uh, is kind of the only other guy I knew could ever do it the same way I could with all the sweet picking and yeah. stuff like that. No, you're um, a beast, dude. Like <laughs> you're definitely a beast. Like you're playing this uh, eight string fucking like curved neck Stramberg. Yeah, my yeah. Stramberg. <laughs> that thing is crazy. I that's that's too much beast for me. That's that's <laughs> that's too much meat on a guitar for me. But then you started playing my Strat and like went to say anything riffs. I yeah. was like, all right, this guy fucks. <laughs> <laughs> I can deal with that. But so, Kyle, you are are you the vocalist then? Yeah, I am the front band vocalist for Peace for the Crows. Yes. Well, fuck yeah, dude. And so, like, kind of like, so the three song EP. I'm curious, like, with it being like, I figure whenever a, a band has multiple guitars with more than six strings on it like there's probably going to be some like proggy elements to it i'm just curious like what they're just three songs on an ep are they longer songs or like was it just three because you just wanted to like get something out or i'm just curious like what is um because you can do a lot with three songs Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i'm curious like what was there like an angle to like those three songs together do they like fit together somehow or kind of like what was the choice with just having with those three and like kind of like what's the story of it i guess um well i'll let kyle go ahead with the lyrics part first and i can probably talk a little bit more about the music part yeah i'm so glad you asked because it very much goes together as a cohesive piece um it is a concept and i guess i should probably jump in and say that we once i joined the band um they had already had this music written they were already working on it and such And I heard it and I was sort of like, you know, given the task of writing new lyrics and new stuff and trying out and such. Um, 
I was super stoked to do it specifically because it was like I haven't been in this type of metal band since I was in high school and I've kind of like you know not really exactly what I listen to every day but I fucking love this shit yeah you know it's definitely where like my heart my roots are um so I was super stoked to join the band and I'd had this idea for a song that I'd like thought of for this type of band for a long time and it was based around the death of Elisa Lamb at the Cecil Hotel oh yeah you know if you're listening to this in the near future, chances are you probably just watched that Netflix documentary about the same subject. Yeah, I watched it in like leading up to this, and I watched the whole thing in a night. Yep, yep. And uh, Netflix kind of has that trending way of doing that, where it just mm-hmm. shows up with something and goes to number one, and everybody watches it, talks about it for five days, and then never again. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we were kind of um, in the midst of that, I guess. The first thing that happened was I heard one of the songs and immediately started like coming up with the the lyrics that I'd kind of always had in mind for what would be the Elisa Lam song that I would write one day with whatever band, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was actually at Pat's studio. Um, he was helping me record the vocals to try out for them and everything for that. And we put together the whole song like in a night over a case of beer, kind of, you know, the way we do things around there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And we were super proud of it and everything when, like when we were getting done with it, I can't remember exactly how I think um, I can hear Caitlin in the background (laughs) over there. Hi, Caitlin. Hi. Yeah, I'm here. What's up? (laughs) Um, Caitlin, who uh, also lives over at Pat's house at the studio where you all are right now, Mm -hmm. uh, had came home sometime late when we were just getting done with the song and listened to it for the first time. And she's like, Hold on, is this about the Elisa Lamb story? Like, <laughs> Such a nerd. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I could yeah, not. To- it totally is. <laughs> and she she proceeded to sit down and blow my fucking mind with everything she knew about it. Oh, so this is in addition to what's on the documentary? Yeah, wow. so this is long, long before the documentary. We oh. didn't know the documentary. We actually rushed our music that. to get it out the same day as the documentary. Oh, yeah, okay. Kyle's telling me that. Yeah, it was a whole thing. We didn't know it, was coming. <laughs> it was a whole thing, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, okay. So, okay, so Caitlin, you've seen the documentary, but you knew about this. What? What was your take on the documentary? Like, how did how did that kind of blend in with, like, your understanding I, of it? I thought it was a really interesting deep dive. It was very respectful, I think. And it just, it gave you a really different perspective from what it was uh, more based in reality, I guess, <laughs> oh, for yeah. what had happened. Because my, my previous experience was um, I had some really interesting podcast episodes. I love true crime. Yeah. Uh, hashtag to my weirdos at Morbid. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, and I had nerded out on several different episodes about the, the case in the first place. And um, so I had... Just like what they found online, basically, you know, Mm -hmm. and they it was just a really mysterious murder. They had very little context on what to do. And all that really started it was this really vague security cam video. Yeah, I've heard the elevator. Yeah, and it's just, you know, she's just moving kind of skittish. She's pushing a lot of buttons. She's looking in. She's looking out. (laughs) And it, it just gives you a really ominous, weird feeling. And so that, of course, led to all kinds of conspiracy theories, which I love yeah. deeply, my <laughs> little soul. And um, it it created, it was, they tried to connect it to a story on this creepypasta about the elevator game. And they were c- considering that maybe she was trying to play this game. And if you read into the thread at all, it is fascinating. Huh. So we're we're talking about like... You need a hotel building of at least 10 floors. You have to push the buttons in a specific series. And then it takes you to this alternate reality. What the fuck? Called Yeah, it's like the other world. And you know you're there because of like the glowing exit sign and a red cross. And you can like go into the shell. Right. And so instantly I'm like, well, this is just a wonderful piece of modern folklore. Yeah. And I was instantly hooked. So when... That was kind of the part of it that I thought was fascinating, and but we wanted to be respectful with the case itself. Right, so right. It ended up going in like this alternate timeline 
kind of thing. So it's like, we know what really happened. Yeah. Probably didn't get lost in the shadow realm. But what if she did? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, I fuck with that. Yeah. And then the whole idea of the shadow realm is there is this figure of this woman who supposedly comes on at a specific floor. Read the creepypasta. It's fantastic. Yep. Going to do that. Details. Going to link it in and, the episode um, description. Yeah, please do. <laughs> but she, like, gets on at a specific floor and... Moral of the story is if you look at her, she's going to fuck you up, right? Okay. So then the remaining songs were just about that confrontation about how do you handle her? What would the back and forth be between what if you did look and thereafter? So we got a lot of fun lyrics between going between Elisa's perspective and then the perspective of this like shadow realm being so that was kind of going to be my next question was like in in the lyrics because i i couldn't imagine you um literally just being a historian in in like metal lyrics you know what i mean like i I don't think you're just laying out the facts of the case in in lyrics so that's what it was kind of be my next question was like yeah. Obviously, it's a, it's kind of like about that, but what did you do with it? You yeah. know what I mean? And Alternative you kinda reality answer, kind of thing. That's fucking rad, yeah. dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it's, a lot of fun to write. It's so, Kyle, like, did you and Caitlin, like, kind of write these lyrics together? Or was this, like, a... I'm curious, like, was, was there, like, themes discussed beforehand in terms <laughs> of, like, what direction you wanted to go? Or, like, kind of, like, what was that process like? And how did it tie in with, like... The songs, like, were the songs already written musically and then the lyrics? Okay. So, yeah, that's I'm just kind of curious about, like, what that process was like for you guys as a group. Um, yeah, so... Go ahead. The song, the songs were there, um, or rather they were being written as I was joining the band. So most, some to most of them are already concrete, because we, we have a couple that are not on this album that are being, you know, either done or almost done as well. Um, so, yeah, the band was very much a thing. Um... We jumped, uh, you know, I jumped in with the one song, like I said, that I was like, kind of always wanted to write about this and stuff. And then um, where Caitlin came in is when she heard that, uh, she just started, you know, like I said, completely going all Caitlin on me and like telling me <laughs> um, things that I had never learned or heard. And then we went down this deep, deep rabbit hole through all the Reddit threads and everything she was just discussing uh, and sort of just decided to like, you know, I approached the band and I was like, hey, so like, if I'm going to join and do this, do you guys mind making like a, an actual like conceptual horrorcore album out of the first few songs we write? You know, yeah. here's, here's the idea. Here's, uh, you know, my really, really close friend who's got some really great insight. And if so, we could probably throw down, you know, a cool concept on this and the crows were down. So the crows were down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Just add a little bit more on. So, uh. I think how how long have you actually been playing with us now, Kyle? I don't even remember. I can't even. I'm trying to think too. I think it was kind of, sort of like you guys had the music. It was recorded, and then it was sort of like that break into when is that like um, six months ago or something? Probably about six months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What a blur. So. I mean, me and Richie have been loosely working on some of this music for, like, two years. Mm, Um, And then once we got together with our drummer, it was kind of a battle, A, to find a vocalist, because we didn't, we're, with this kind of music, this, like, progressive kind of whatever, we haven't really figured out what genre of metal we are yet, I don't really care. (laughs) Yeah, Um, (laughs) but Let other people decide that is usually what I Yeah, I don't care at all, but, like, um... We don't really write the music with vocals in mind, to be honest. I think that's how, like, a lot of music should be. That's how yeah. I, I write indie rock, and that's how I think about it, too. Well, I mean, like, in my past bands, though, like, I, my bands before this, I was in a lot of uh, indie rock bands, uh, yeah. just uh, emo bands and stuff, and I was singing and playing at the same time. It wasn't nearly... Uh, I've always been able to do kind of the fast stuff, but it's not always been about that for me. Right, about writing. Yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, but with this music specifically, this was kind of our chance to like nerd out. Yeah. So finding the right vocalist for that, we actually had someone before, but we weren't going to rush, and we were really happy to find Kyle. And then yeah. on top of it, finding the right bass player uh, <laughs> was a big thing because not a lot of bass players want to play with people that have their guitars tuned as low as their bass is. Yeah. Um, so, and on top of it, just our studies basically playing guitarists with the bass too. Yeah. Um. So once that all came together, 
we were kind of open to it with whatever for the vocals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were open. We know we want some dirty vocals, um, but we loved, like, I don't know. We love like the Black Dahlia feel, kind mm-hmm. of that Kyle brings to a lot of our stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's and a lot more variety than that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it makes up makes us sound a little bit different than the other like eight string bands, I guess. Yeah, so where it's just bit. like doom vocals the entire time. Yeah, like, or know. just some real high pitched circus survive yeah. singing or something like. We don't want to. I don't know. I wanted to yeah. make this to feel like real, just like. Hit you in the face yeah. metal. I didn't want to, like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to do like pretty boy metal like when I was in high school. It was fun, but yeah. <laughs> what is like some pretty boy metal? Oh boy. Like, I'm uh, curious. Like, Chiotos. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Chiotos, bro. Yeah. Like, was... <laughs> uh, you, you give it my, my uh-huh. flair. And not, not, I love that kind of music too. There's nothing against it, but like, I wanted to feel like Metallica when I'm playing this. Yeah. Not like yeah. Silverstein or something. Yeah. Like, dude. like, like the post hardcore type. I want dudes shit. with beards to like this kind of music. <laughs> like, yeah. that was what I was looking for. Like, like, I don't know. Yeah. Basement dwellers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. As we dwell in a basement currently. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the coolest basements of all time, though. Thank you. I'm going to definitely get some photos of this posted on the website. Please. I, I always so I always forget to, like, to do that when I'm doing episodes. Like, in person, I always forget to get a photo of where I am. Because okay. that's, like, half the time that's the coolest thing about it. It's, like, doing podcasts in all these different environments and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like sensory overload down sure. here. There's, you yeah. take your pick. There's a... There's a lot. Right. I'll send you a selfie from my dirty hotel room. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do <laughs> that. And do. like, I'll, 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 I'll make just like, I'll combine a bunch of photos together for like the main one. Wait, Kyle, how is Texas since they don't have to wear masks now? It's been a couple days since that happened. Uh, dude, I, I like, I almost don't want to talk about it. It's <laughs> been the most stressful thing ever for the crew and everything down here. Yeah. Cause um, you guys probably get shut down if like someone gets COVID probably. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, so, you know, helping control making that not happen has just been, you know, a goddamn nightmare for what, me. Were you there um, during any of the storm? I got in right towards the end. Um, and it, I mean, it was absolutely horrific. I felt like you have no idea how, horrible i felt just like coming into a place that was you know in in a crisis and like working for a crew being given a hotel room while everybody else was like fighting for space and everything i've like literally had the heaviest heart about this the whole time i'm still waiting on my first paycheck but i'm about to send some to specific uh uh, charity that one of my crew members told me about and such and i just like it has not been great um just even, you know, the people who aren't my crew members in the hotel are all displaced people and stuff like that. And even now that, it, like, things are back to normal, air quotes, they really aren't. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. We, that... we can't, we, like, you know, it's, and it's, it's, yeah, I, 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 it's been all we've been focusing on and stuff while trying to, like, you know, I, I hate to say it because it's like, I kind of hate this part of my line of work, but it's, you know, we're also not focusing on that whatsoever. We're doing our, you know, yeah. jobs making reality tv and it's just uh it's got me all fucked up really yeah yeah i could see that this whole year's been weird like uh mm-hmm. honestly we had like we were supposed to we haven't even played any shows yet and it seems right. like we've been a band forever right it's, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the weirdest thing when you ask me how long i've been in the band i'm like i don't six months a year like i would you know <laughs> never never played a show but maybe maybe three days we just put out the album time doesn't seem real well there's literally a poster up when you walk down with our name on it the show the show we're supposed to play with pat oh yeah. and oh. That, that was supposed to be our first show and it literally got canceled the week before like oh, right. he was so sad that was gonna be such a dope show too yeah oh man yeah i was bummed i actually the last show i was going to play i think you guys booked the scheme 13 booked us in pursuer yeah. we were gonna play at new way bar again yeah and i only got to play one show with those guys and it was fucking awesome and we will do it again man yeah Don't. we'll do it again pursuer's not, going yeah. through some shit not, right not, now not done so uh, we got to find a bass player Oh no! Yeah, oh. it's all good. We're writing new music. Oh. We're, we're trying to be the next Radiohead, just like everybody else. Well, it seems like every band's kind of like turned into a recording project. Yeah, it makes me really interested to see 
what the shows are going to look like after this because everyone's had so much time to go and produce their right. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's either going to be really lame or really Dude, cool. No, it's going to be awesome. You have yeah. all these creative it's gonna be talents yeah. just bottled up and ready to go. I just hope that people are like, because my limited understanding-based theory about all this is that like once everybody who wants a vaccine can has one, I if you know correct me if i'm wrong but i don't see another any reason why we can't just go back to doing things at full capacity like yeah. if everybody who wants a vaccine can have one I, I mean what else are we waiting for so i think that things are going to go back to normal um to an extent like yeah different venues will have to pop yeah. up because places have closed down but like dude the demand for live entertainment is not going oh anywhere. it will come back There's the interesting part to me is like for us, because this has kind of turned into a recording yeah. project, it's still writing music with live settings in mind. Yeah, you have to remember that. Because we do a lot of stuff in post, mm. and honestly, we can get kind of crazy on the guitar sometime, and it's not really fun to watch someone stand in one place tapping after a while. Like, I yeah. still want, you still kind of have, but the, so you kind of have to keep that live aspect in, like, in mind for later when you're not really going to experience it in the meantime. Right, right, right. I don't know. Yeah, that actually kind of makes me think of something. So, like, when you're writing the music and, you know, you're thinking about the fact that you have to play it live, do you ever just, like, think, like, like okay, I'm going to be less technical here so that I can, like, actually move around and, like, uh, kind yeah. of bang my head a little bit? Because, like, that's, I never really thought about that because I never write, like, super crazy shit. Like, if I do write a really technical part, it's, like, that's the minority. So it's, like, the rest of the time I can kind of, like bob my head around and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Which you could probably do it anyways. It's really good. <laughs> no, I, I really, um, I can't, with, with this kind of music specifically, I can. I've always played and sang guitar in every other band I've been in, pretty yeah. much. Um, with this, I've actually, this is the first band I've ever screamed in. I learned how to scream in the past six months. Oh, really? Just backup stuff. Like, Kyle is most yeah. of it. But um, I, I've really gotten a lot of practice at it. But it's still something where I can't play certain things while I do it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that is a big part in the beginning stage, especially uh, Richie, the other guitar player, is not here. He's a freak. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah, and like I can't. And there's a lot of things like with there's so many techniques you can do on the guitar. And since we're kind of on the extremes of everything, like. There's certain things that he can do that I can't. Yeah. Uh, certain things I can do every once in a while that he can't do. Not yeah. often, but <laughs> sometimes. And then on top of it, too, once we got the bass in. Right. It's <laughs> like that was a whole nother thing. Some of those, because our guitars are pretty long, but some of those riffs get insane once you put them onto the bass. Oh, On yeah. top of it. Yeah. Um, but I'm usually the one that is asking to dumb down stuff. Mostly from a memory thing, because I want everything to sound tight. So yeah, every yeah. once in a while, it's taking out variations. Um, I'm also so I'm a creative director by day, so I kind of view music a lot the same as like design. So like I, the way I build songs is thinking of usually thinking of a theme, and then just adding subtle variations on it. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, ways to repeat it different, ways to color it different. It like exactly like what my process is too. Like, yeah. yeah, just in different. You know, it it works across different genres. Mm -hmm. Is like I, I think there's you got to find a happy medium between like not doing the same thing over and over like because uh, i get bored if mm -hmm. i just like if verse one and verse two are the same thing and verse and chorus one and chorus two are the same thing honestly i get bored if like there are two choruses sometimes like yeah <laughs> you know I, feel ya. I but like what you said like finding a way to repeat things so that the listener is hearing repetition but it's also like not the same it's mm -hmm. it's, it's enough to be like you recognize mm -hmm. that it's something like a motif is being brought back but you're also playing it entirely different, like you different chord variations or like yeah. adding layers to the chords or like different drum beats, things like that. Like I, I have to have that. Like it always like takes me uh, in college when I learned about typography and typographic hierarchy, if you've ever heard that term. Uh -huh. But <laughs> so that is ways when you read things, 
you'll notice certain things stick out on a page mm. more than others because it might be there's ways to create hierarchy so that could be by making something bigger could be making by something bolder mm-hmm. could be by creating motion in it could be okay. color it could be by repeating it a bunch of times across the page that's the same exact way I've always thought about music mm-hmm. and this, the yeah. second I learned about typography that actually made music and songwriting make more sense even though it was 15 years in me learning guitar yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, Just abstract artistic concepts that move, like, across genres and across mediums. Well, and then simple, like, that simple way of thinking of it, too. Like, I don't think of it as, like, an abstract painting where you're throwing stuff at it is. I think of it as a number that you add something on mm-hmm. one time to make it a little bit different. Because you're adding, you're doing too, you don't want to do too much. That's right. how people don't connect to it. Yeah, yeah. And that, and repetition builds legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it crossed anything. Groove too. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, I think our drummer actually too has been a big help with incre- like. So our music it's super heavy and it hits super hard, but we're also not a deathcore band that just has constant blast beats. Like, right, right. there's still some parts you get into our song. It's almost like rock and roll. Yeah. Um, and then it will switch to a part that sounds like a black metal band too for a short little bit. Yeah. But I think those parts that are almost like the groove rock and roll part to it, um, it's like gives me a couple sections my parents can appreciate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Makes me think of like between the berry and me, like how exactly. they would have like a nice balance. random. What's up? I'm just. Oh. Is Kyle still with us? Kyle's still there. Yes. All right, cool. Oh. But yeah, there's just like random sections of, of BT Bam where it's just like, is this a jazz band? Mm-hmm. And then there's like parts where it's just like, oh, I'm terrified, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I feel like I, I have to have, I mean, not that I have to, but I really enjoy like when there's uh, like in metal when they're not afraid to just go to like straight rock and roll or they're not afraid to like don't, like quiet it down a little bit mm-hmm. and like have dynamic shifts. Like more than like, a specific genre I look for dynamics in something uh, I agree. like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. does it is it the same thing for three minutes or is it like I can listen to an eight minute song if it's got like cohesive movements oh and, that was one thing I was gonna get to you asked oh about yeah, that yeah, yeah go for um, it. we don't really write super long songs actually I don't know we don't go out of our way to write lengths of songs I guess and yeah. anyway um, pretty much everything that we've done naturally is landed around 330. Or like three minutes, two minutes. I, I believe that's what sounds about Isn't right, that like Kyle. The sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. um, three pushing to four. Two, yeah. two's a little under. I mean, yeah. but like I love Dream Theater and stuff. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm a ner- but like uh, we know, yeah, we're not really into like the eight minute song thing. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get that. I was just wondering because like for like a three a three song like concept thing, I could I could see that lending itself. To like longer type stuff, you would think. Yeah, no, I wish we would have. Then we would probably be able to put it on a vinyl if we wrote eight minute songs. But uh, you could no. probably still throw it on like a set. A little, little one, yeah, like a big, big thing. I guess I'm talking about. But no, I would like to maybe explore some longer songs. But I don't know. I guess I'm still stuck in uh, coming not yeah. from metal. I th- still yeah. kind of view songs as like a pop structure a little bit. Yeah, um, just naturally. Yeah, and I think, like, in terms of trying to take it a genre that is not as easily accessible as some, like, pop, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That at least gives it some, uh, a shred of accessibility. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. having, like, one of those sections that are, like, more like straight rock, and then also having, like, all right, you don't have to digest eight minutes of this. You can digest three and a half minutes of it. Yeah, exactly. And then also, like... Kyle, I'm just curious, like, what, in terms of your vocals, like, for this project, do you feel like you've taken any different approach as, say, like, Aperture or other other projects you've done, or is, like, your vocal style, like, your vocal style? You know, I'm trying to figure that out myself. Uh, <laughs> I am, like, I was so flattered when Austin said that the, you know, the, the, like, relating me to the Black Dahlia murder approach and stuff, just because, like, that was totally my shit growing up, and Trevor, their singer, is you know, local to our area, the, the whole band was, we get, like, I grew up worshiping, worshiping him specifically, just like the style that they brought on and shit. So it's like, I, I don't know. I mean, um, I guess, uh, I'm definitely still trying to figure that out. I've listened, I re-listened to Aperture recently, just trying to think of how different it might sound. And like, I'm still pretty new to all this too, you know, like, 
Yeah. Aperture was really my first attempt uh, at fronting a band at all. Oh, um, okay. And, you know, so, you know, there's definitely similarities. I think I probably still sound like me, you know? Um, I hope so. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, Brian, spoiler alert, I guess, but like, you know, I believe we'll be talking about one of my other projects in a future episode here um yeah the not too distant where, future <laughs> the not not too distant future um so yeah no uh my up my upcoming project who which is not released yet kill hours i believe i'm you know still again sound like me but not exactly the approach i'm taking in feast at all yeah i think i've heard a little bit of it. it's a completely different like vibe for sure yeah um Plus, you're, I feel like, uh, I mean, I hear a lot of your lows in the Feast stuff more than, the, I guess I haven't listened to your full catalog. I'm sorry for that, sir. <laughs> Didn't do his homework. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I definitely hear almost like, uh, as much as I compare you to uh, Black Dahlia for your high stuff, you have like a very gargly low, almost death metally, which is, I feel like, stacks on top of your highs in a very unique way. You're making me blush over here. Try and send. Take the selfie now while you're blushing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really. So I'm curious, like in terms of production and the vocal production and things like that. Like what I nerd out over. Um, I think there's a really there's a lot of different ways. Like people hear screaming, the casual listener just hears screaming. You know what I mean? But like I like to listen for like what are they doing with it? How do they produce it? And I think like it's funny because we mentioned Chiodos earlier, but I thought the record they did without Craig Owens, Luminario, was the some of the most interesting scream vocal production I've ever heard because it was like doubled and like mm -hmm. two different layers of screaming like two different types of scream vocals from the same guy smashed together and i was curious just like what did you guys actually use like what was the to to record vocals and like what was there was it just straight up straightforward or was there like any sort of like effects or i'm just curious about that because i'm a nerd about it uh Austin, I'll let you jump in just because you were definitely on the engineering <laughs> production side. end. Yeah, so um, as as I was just screaming into the you know the closet of King Shea Studios, shout out to our boy Andrew Gway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a great great job. Uh, I've recorded with Drew for a long time. Um, the big thing with us was we took a lot of time layering vocals, like you were just saying. Yeah. Um, and we like a lot, a lot of time actually. Uh, I kind of almost view it like rappers almost yeah. in the studio a lot more like rapping than like singing because you uh -huh. have to go and hit those accent notes and make sure the breaths are on the right um uh -huh. thing like that mm -hmm. um and like i was talking about earlier like you were saying even the different screams mm -hmm. you'll have a lot of parts where if we didn't think it was layered enough i would go in and stack in extra lows and extra highs on top of his yeah um because really that's what i've noticed throughout my whole life is the biggest thing between amateur recording and recording that sounds really professional are people that take time to double vocals. Yeah, dude. And double guitars. Yeah. Um, I yeah. And at home when I have time and not in a studio, I've done things where I've put guitars on both sides, uh, stereo, and had four, or two, or three. Dude, like I, I, that's like minimum, dude. Like mm -hmm. it's I, I that always would baffle me. Like when I first started trying to record myself, was not understanding why I wasn't getting like the mm -hmm. big beefy guitar tones. And then I would just like copy and paste double, and I'm like, that makes it louder, but it yeah. doesn't give it the same. But then I realized, oh, you just play it again, yeah. and it's like this natural chorus that kind of. Comes. Well, and if you think about a scream vocal, how different is it from a single note that's distorted on a guitar coming out of an amp? Right. Yeah. right. If you heard them in concept, certain people doing it, there's probably certain people that sounds exactly the same. Yeah. Like uh, with a feedback sound. So if you treat it the same exact way, you just yeah. kind of have a wall of gain that you're stacking on top of each other. It's the same exact concept to me. Yeah. Um, so I think that was the key to the sound for the vocals on this record specifically. Uh, in terms of the effects, um, definitely you're, you'll hear a little slapback delay and all that fun okay. compression. But honestly, with Kyle, we were super impressed at how little we had to do in post to his voice. Um, in the past, I know there's lots of tricks adding distortion and all that to screaming vocals. That's not something we had to do for any of our stuff. 
Oh. Um, that's other cool. than compression, yeah, uh, which was really cool. In like in terms of uh, all those guitars and like such low guitars and with bass and things like that, like how did you like what was the production like on guitars? Like, do you? I I personally I really like when one guitar is just on one side and the other guitar is just on the other side, mm-hmm. and I like I can hear the separate parts, but like I'm just I'm just curious for my own curiosity, like how how do you like when you have th- that much beef on the guitar section and the, and the bass, like how do you layer that like in a sound in the soundscape? Like how do you make those guitars and the bass like play nice? You know what I mean? I, I oh that's a very good question. Um, you start <laughs> yeah, off yeah. with EQ like your EQ. Um, EQing an eight string or seven string guitar that's tuned like as low as a bass is kind of tricky. Uh, you do the opposite of what you used to do in metal, scooping the mids. You want all the mids you can get. You want a lot of high and barely any low. Right. And then you let that bass sit on that low end and that mid low section. And you also want a really transparent drive on the bass so it can still punch past the guitars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's where it sits like in the frequency wise when it comes to writing. Um, that's been the biggest struggle about writing. Yeah, even, even that would probably be even a bigger question is like um, in terms of like writing, especially the bass. Like how do you figure so out the bass comes in, you know? With the feast stuff, we write, we actually write, we play on seven and eight string guitars depending on the song. Um, it's kind of weird. The seven string guitar, uh, we play in drop G. So it is a whole guitar, a step down. Yeah. And then a low string that would be the same as your A string, but it's a G. Okay. Um, and then Richie, actually now he used to do that, but he I forgot my guitar one day at practice, so I had to use my his seven string, and he just brought his second eight string and played that guitar in double drop D. <laughs> so and it actually just stuck. So now when I play seven strings, he plays eight strings in double drop D, and then he plays an eight string, um, or eight string tuning on the other thing when I play eight string is actually the same as a standard guitar. Yeah. With two lower strings. That's why I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's weird because the bass, it's when we go lower on the guitar, he goes higher on the bass. Okay. Because yeah. he has a really low tuned drop G bass and he's just playing in standard for his other stuff. The thing that makes that weird though is because we're in like drop tunings, his lowest string there will be the same as our seven string string. So Yeah. It looks when we're playing the same thing, it doesn't look the same necessarily because he's on a different spot on the guitar. They don't necessarily match up perfectly. Right. Um, So physically, that's an issue. (laughs) And then writing wise. That sounds like a nightmare, dude. (laughs) I mean, luckily, you have the whole range of guitars. So, especially now that we have a bass player finally, we can break it up. And I do a lot more lead um, playing higher up the neck with like delays and stuff sometimes. Yeah, Um, yeah. Atmosphere y stuff. Um, it is weird because Richie actually plays less of the leads than I do, but he plays all the hard leads. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So like when he's taking a break from rhythm and just fucking. Shreds. Well, honestly, too, he's better at the chugging stuff. Like that's hard. Like some of the rhythm stuff's harder than the lead stuff in our songs. Um, if you break it down to actually what's yeah. being played at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about that kind of before we started, like listening to Every Time I Die, like how oh. sometimes things can sound easier than they are and then mm-hmm. you, you try to start playing it and it's just like oh okay i'm stupid it only like, sounds easy because they're so good at yeah, it yeah that's it's exactly so clean, yeah which is so in cool. all reality though a lot of our songs like if they were tabbed out and stuff there, there's parts in every single song that are pretty hard but a lot of it's super easy it's just open strings and pull-offs yeah and it's just mixed in with stuff that sounds a lot Dude, more complicated and than that's, it is. that's what i like though i think like i'm not a virtuoso by any stretch of the imagination at guitar. I don't know any music theory, but like that doesn't, I don't feel any sense of intimidation. Like mm-hmm. when I'm around like really good guitar players, just because I feel really like I'm really good at songwriting mm-hmm. and you don't really need to be that good at guitar, like traditionally good to write really oh, good songs. They're completely two different two things. Completely, <laughs> and, and I think like, it's, it's hilarious. Like I've, I'll see me, my friend sent me a meme about like, you know, someone like technically like masterful guitar player, like sucks at songwriting. Like that, obviously the meme didn't say that cause that's not funny, but like, yeah, <laughs> but the idea behind it, you know, is like, it's really ironic. A lot of times you see people that are just slayers on guitar 
and can't write a song to save their life, you know? It's yeah. Different sides of your brain. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like completely different well, sides. At a certain extent, too, like, you can get really good at guitar by copying. I kind of uh-huh. equate it to, if you want to equate it to art, it's really impressive to look at a picture and just redraw it. Yeah. You can get really good at that, but that's just something you learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, drawing is the same as music. If it sounds wrong, you're playing it wrong. And mm-hmm. if it looks wrong, you erase it and redraw it. Uh-huh. So it's a time thing you can learn. But to make something out of your head mm-hmm. that you can't see... You have to have the skill to do it to make it look good, but they're two different skills because you you can't train your brain. There's ways you can yeah. make yourself better at creativity and come up with, and like, you can study craft and understand like what what choices someone is making in songwriting. Yeah, but I think like like Caitlin said, it is a completely different side of your brain, and like I've always felt in terms of songwriting, it's it's more about an emotional context mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. about like a yep. feeling. About, like, what am I trying to emote? Yeah, exactly. Rather than, like, I think some mm-hmm. people write music to show off the thing they can do mm-hmm. on guitar. Oh, yeah. Totally. And I that's, agree. I mean, that's for some people, for sure. Like, math rock, a lot of times, is just, like, masturbatory, I think. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, look what I can do. And it's like, all right, dude. That seems like... T- I mean, just film yourself and put it on YouTube, I think. You know, like, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't care. The guitar riff in the world. Yeah, and I'm not, like, like Joe Satriani, like, Steve Vai, that type of shit. Like, it's obviously they're really good. Ingve Malmsteen, like, when I first started playing guitar, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. But now I don't listen to that shit, dude. I feel like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a hot take artist. I, I feel like sometimes, <laughs> though, that's just for, like, dads who, like, just like, oh, that's sick, dude. Look how good. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like. Yeah. I have no interest in it now that I've like, you know, but I'm a songwriter though. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's, that's what I look for. I look for like, I want to feel something and mm-hmm. I could, I could feel something from the way you alternate two chords for three and a half minutes. Yeah. You know, and I could feel nothing seeing you play every fucking fret on a guitar. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. So I think it's cool that you guys like actually have that songwriting approach. Mm-hmm. Oh know? yeah, it has to go first. Uh, if not, you're just doing like literally just math equations on the guitar. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it just sounds like you're doing like warm ups. Um, yeah, exactly. Let me. I mean, I do. The thing is, like, I grew up listening to all that shred stuff, and it's not that I, I love it. I don't expect other people to love it. I love it because I'm a good harp player i right. guess it's like yeah. pushing i love it because there's someone that has to push the extremes yeah um i don't think that's made for everyone right i think it's annoying when people get frustrated that people blame it's like a lack of like acting like society's stupid for not understanding that. <laughs> society's yeah. not dumb for under- not understanding blast beats. Yeah. Like, I've been playing guitar for 20 years and, like, know what scales or stuff, so it's, like, interesting to my ear, but it's not going to tickle everyone's ear the same way. Right. Right. No, exactly. Yeah, I'm 100%. Like, I, whenever, like, I'm, I've always been the type of guitar player, the reason I love guitar is... In music in general, I've never once really felt like it was work yeah. to learn guitar. And, like, once I, I don't know, call it laziness, but, like, once it gets to the part, like, I could be way better at guitar if mm-hmm. I would have, like, done drills or, like, practice scales and shit. That just never interested me. And I, you know, but like yeah. you said, it tickles everyone's fancy differently. And I just, I don't know that I ever will be very, very good. I get really good at the things I'm good at. Yeah. You know, like random shit, but like sweep. I'll probably never sweep pick. <laughs> Me either. <You> know? <laughs> like it sounds sick, but I don't know. But Kyle, while we still got you. I know you have to like do some shit. Um, hopefully you still have a job after this. Yeah, no, you know, I've uh, I've been pulling some strings in the background here the whole time. I think I'm okay. Okay, okay. sweet. <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, so you you joined this band and they had already kind of had songs written, things like that. I'm curious. Like, moving forward, do you guys? feel like Kyle I don't know like what if you're like an instrumentalist at all I can't remember but like in like in terms of songwriting okay yeah that's right oh yeah we fucking jam together I'm dumb okay <laughs> I'm like Brian I'm so offended right now no, we, <laughs> that's all right I, you know uh, that, it, it, that's how forgettable I was. No. <laughs> short, we jammed short, one short time. Run, my short, short run in Indian Dream. Okay, that's cool. 
She had one time, never saw him again. He said, in a daydream. Just not my thing, dude. You guys kind of, you know, call me when you're good. But, uh, no, that's a lie. But, um, I'm just curious, like, it, moving forward, do you guys, do you, do you, have you discussed, like, taking a, a role in, like, the actual musical songwriting? Or do, is it something where you feel like you want to leave it to these guys and just keep it with vocals? Or, like, yeah, you want to play bass on some songs, Kyle? <laughs> you know, we've definitely, we have been talking about that specifically because <laughs> our, uh, our bass player Drew is just such a phenomenal um, keyboardist as well, oh, and we do man. have a lot. We do have a lot of, as you know, Austin was already saying like the production and a lot of the stuff is in the music, and we would love to be able to do it live too. You know, so yeah, I think we kind of have that in the back pocket that I also play bass. Um, but to be completely honest, I mean, I don't know. Did you just listen to Austin talk about the technical aspects of this band? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. Because I did. That's fair. You know. <laughs> Uh, do you do you want to play bass in that band? <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe you could get a sample pad and just trigger some shit. Because no. <laughs> no. I yeah. think that's actually why it's like this. It's all just a lot of fun for me right now. Um, you know, some of the like the best parts coming out of this pandemic are just being able to join this band, start kill hours with my other friends and everything else, and just like really, really dive into music and production and everything um in yeah. a way that i haven't been allowed to in so long um so yeah. yeah no i i would really honestly putting it out there i am super super happy sticking to the microphone and being- <laughs> yeah well and honestly too with like his job he travels months at a time right right it's kind of been dope for us to be able to get chunks of shit done and then he can come back and just be able to lay stuff down yeah also, if you're just, like, writing lyrics and you're just kind of focusing on that, I would almost think that traveling a lot gives you, like, different perspectives and it gives you different – I mean, I'm I'm projecting, but, like, I feel like that would give me different mm-hmm. things to write about in, like, different moods. Like, I'm very I'm, – I'm, like, empathetic in terms of, like, I absorb my environment a lot of times. So, like, if I want to write, I have to leave my house a lot of times and I'll just go somewhere I've never been and I'm like, all right, what do I feel right now? And I think, like – traveling for months at a time in the country like that could honestly create some highs and lows emotionally that could really, if you channel it right, could really lend itself to, uh, to songwriting. So I don't know if that, if that has been your experience at all, Kyle. Yeah, no, I mean, it a hundred percent is, um, I, I'm gonna like, and I'm it's not necessarily definitely like, at, at least right now, everything with beast has been so, based around this Elisa Lamb folklore, you know? (laughs) Um, Very driven and specific in the message and everything else. And all of that was written, you know, um, at home with Mm -hmm. Caitlin mostly and a couple of our other uh, good friends that were just like, you know, (laughs) uh, (laughs) running around shooting out ideas and stuff like that. Um, So, yeah. I am excited to definitely see where we take the approach. I know we've definitely been kind of like, you know, thinking about like, maybe this is our stamp. Maybe we kind of have like this conceptual thing going on. We can continuously put out, you know, EPs or bigger beds of music about certain ideas. That's what was kind of my next question was like, in the future, do you think about like, (laughs) because for me, like I've been thinking about the same thing within a daydream. Cause like the first record that we're putting out is like, it's concept driven. And I I guess this is a multi-part question because the way I th- I've been thinking about it is like if I – I'm writing another record now finally and I think I think for me the best way to keep things concise and, and concept-driven because that's naturally how my brain works is to do a bunch of EPs rather than try and write a full length and, and, and water down the concept mm-hmm. i'm not saying that every full-length concept record is watered down that would be preposterous but like i think especially now in today's age though like short bursts of something that's concise and like to the point and really just getting the most out of an idea in a mm-hmm. short amount of time is is better in terms of like the the current climate of the way people consume mm-hmm. things yeah so yeah, that really I, hitting it on the head and that's everything we're talking about over on our end too Gotcha. So um, yeah, I, I know with me personally, this is something we, we're still figuring out as a band, how we're putting out the next music. Uh, I even think smaller than EPs. I'm just saying about singles. Personally. Singles, yep. Because yep. Um, honestly, especially right now, we're in a pandemic. Yeah. It's just about getting stuff out. 
And on top of it, this isn't our full-time job. I'm a creative director at a marketing agency. Like, yeah. it's like when I get time to put on something, I feel like I can polish one painting real good uh-huh. rather than it would take me a year to get something I was proud of and I would just never put it out. I think this yeah. three songs, like, it just kind of was almost a coincidence that it fell into, like, a concept album. Yeah. Um, They happened to be done at the same time, A. Yeah. And mm-hmm. B, I think once Kyle wrote two songs – we were kind of stuck with having a third song to at least have a three-song EP, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. we kind of had to get at least three in there, um, too. Because I know uh, writing that third song was definitely where we were reaching and digging for lyrics, it seemed like. Because he was working on lyrics for a second. It was, it was, it was Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely. Once, once you get two things out that you're, like, really happy with. Especially, like, considering that we're really talking about, like, you know, uh, I got some issues with the Netflix doc and everything else, but kudos to the fact that they were able to put out four hours of content oh my God, about this, right. like, oh, you yeah. know, yeah. this, it could have been two. I, I was just going to say, dude, I felt like they could have, they could have watered it down because at a certain point yeah, I felt like I mean, I'm watching I, the same I, thing I, again. No, exactly. I was, you know, like, that's largely my biggest problem with it. And, you know, on top of many, many other things, but, uh, <laughs> like, I feel like that they would have just not said the obviously like, the one guy's like, she got out of the elevator, and then it just kept going. It was so weird. I'm like, dude, she pressed every button in the elevator. That's how elevators work. Yeah. It's going to open and close on every floor. She pressed a button on. Yeah. Like, there was I a mean, lot of stuff think, in that was common sense. Well, and then there's also just like, I, I think we, you know, we have this platform to talk right now. It's almost like, we imagine being us and writing a metal concept album on the death of Elisa Lamb. And then, like, you know, all of a sudden, like, we've been working on this. This is, like, the first thing we're really going to... Honest to God, it really wasn't even going to be the first thing we were going to release. We have a whole other single and a music video shot already. Oh, sick. Um, Shocking. That was going to, like, be our first thing that we were going to get out there and then have this be the follow-up. But all of a sudden, we just started seeing all the press releases and everything for the Netflix show. Yeah, it's smart to just... yeah. Yeah, we were just kind of, you know, forced to get it out as fast as we possibly could. Yeah. Um, what kind of, like, uh, what kind of, like, how have you kind of used that in the Netflix documentary being out? Like, how have you guys kind of used that, like, in terms of, like, promoting your stuff? Like, have you, have you maybe, like, promoted the record on, like, Reddit pages related to Elisa oh, Lamb yeah. and things like that? Because I feel like it's an interesting thing. Like, you don't hear a lot about, like bands putting out music that's directly related to a documentary. I think that's like a, it's kind of like a different sort of thing. So I was just curious if you did anything different, like marketing wise because of that. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to scrub my Facebook here. Um, get all, <laughs> get out of all of these groups that I no longer. Need to be a part of, but <laughs> I spammed the hell out of all of the, like, you know, true crime podcasts and everything that had Cecil hotel or, you yeah. know, anything like that related uh, a lot of lisa land discussion groups and things like that um i got kicked out of the my favorite murder uh, <laughs> fan, fan did you really for, for for soliciting um like they they accused me of trying to profit off of off of a girl's death and I oh was come like, on well, dude I, I, I what is like, netflix doing on paper we are <laughs> Again, um, it's an alternative yeah. storyline. It's yeah. not, yeah. you know. Also, we're DIY. By you're only profiting not. if you're profiting. Trust me, <laughs> we haven't made any profit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We spent enough you on the recording. It's a creative labor of love. Like. Yeah. Between my guitar, my gear, and the recording and the mastering, we have not made any money. Yeah. And trust that's, me. <laughs> that's the story of most shit. Like, I mean, and I don't mean this as a knock, so don't take this the wrong way, but like, doing something like this you almost have to kind of know that it's more of like a creative endeavor rather than like a yeah you don't expect a niche thing like this to necessarily like be your ticket you know what i mean yeah me for feast too like uh because i do the visual art side of it too has been another thing Mm. because like this has been where i've been able to put all of i'm not in art school anymore i don't spend time painting and printmaking and stuff Uh so i've been able to take all my visual music uh, marketing skills and put all the effort for just my personal stuff into feasts. Yeah, yeah. Rather than just random stuff, basically. Gotcha. Yeah. And I, th- yeah. I just think that, like, it's the type of thing where it's, it, there's not a lot of room, I think, for the casual 
fan to be interested, yeah. but like it's it's one of those feast or famine type things. No mm -hmm. pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's you know the people that like it are going to really like it. Oh, we're a guitar nerd band. Yeah, I mean we're gonna. Yeah, I mean that's what we're. we're gonna, yeah. People that like eight string guitar bands, <laughs> like we know that. I mean, uh, and you know I've talked about this before. Like, and I, I think it's interesting to bring up like. When you have different, like, when you have genres that are more niche, I guess, mm -hmm. like, there's some, a lot of people, like, and I used to think, like, it's it's hard to, like, market a metal band, but also, like, the people who like, there's less people that, that like metal, mm -hmm. just obviously, but the people who do like it yeah. fucking really like it's it. It's, like, a yeah. really loyal culture. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, it's, like, if you can find an in there, it's, like, you're in. Yeah. I would imagine. Rather than yeah. like pop, it's like so oversaturated. Like if you're a good metal band, there's not very many of those like relatively, com comparatively mm -hmm. to like pop or fucking the bane of my existence, Midwest emo. That like <laughs> yeah. every, every band is the same for the most part. I mean, with, with obvious exceptions, but God damn it, dude. So many of them are the same. And that's like the scene that I'm in too. Mm -hmm. Good thing I'm not like that, but... No, I'm just fucking right. <laughs> but I mean, has that kind of been your experience? Like, you know, like previously with like the Feast stuff and like other bands that you've been in? Yeah, I mean, I know with me, um, what I love about writing metal and playing metal and listening to metal in general, I feel like you get to paint with colors that aren't available in other genres, if that makes any sense. Uh -huh. uh, with almost every other genre of music, even though they sound different, you are using the same elements. Um, there's yeah. things that you do in metal that you could do in other music if you found it, but dissonant things, panic chords, um, really dark scales, they kind of only fit into metal a yeah. certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's a certain thing that I've learned that I can only use that way. Yeah. And I think that's what people don't like about it is what <laughs> makes people like it too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Defining characteristics. Yeah, because so. if you don't like screaming, you're not going to like my bands. Right. I don't know what to right. tell you. I can't. Sorry. Yeah. Like, listen to the music. Like, you're not going to like it. Like, yeah. we cho made that choice deliberately. It's like maybe grandma isn't going to get a copy of the CD. Yeah. yeah. But I know <laughs> even when it comes to writing the guitar stuff, all my other bands that weren't metal bands, it's, we're writing stuff in 4-4 all the time. I'm not using... With metal, I have times... I can use odd time meters a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, just different. I don't have to stay in one. I'm a real big music theory nerd, too. Yeah. Um, just looking at modes and keys and I don't... It, the stuff that doesn't make sense in other music only makes sense in metal. Yeah. And I think metal is... is it's interesting because you mentioned, like, how your guitar, you can play it in classical position and things mm -hmm. like that. I think... It's interesting to think about like the overlap between classical music and metal. It's mm -hmm. like jazz too. Yeah, classical jazz. There's guitars. so much very similar theory, and there's so much classical overlap with with metal that you don't see in, in like in maybe pop or other other rock. You're going you know back what I mean? To technical scale yeah, stuff. you're looking. Yeah. Uh, you're trying. I mean, I think part of jazz and metal is looking at like. Well, what's possible on the guitar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how can we make that work if we wanted to? It, it's kind of like it's it's music that's written for musicians to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, because Angry musicians. Yeah, well, and it's stuff <laughs> that uh, it's it's stuff that's fun to play. Yeah, like that was one thing that uh, I remember when we recorded our last song. Uh, specifically, our our song last song we did was called Paralyzed, and that's my favorite song on the EP. And like. I like it because the song seems very like it seems off, and all there's all these slides that slide into notes that are like out of tune. Like yeah. you're tuning guitar one fret off, and I like worked those in and I repeated them so many times it sounds like it's supposed to sound there. Uh -huh. But if you break it off any of the riffs or part of the song separate from the context of the song, it just sounds like a mistake. Yeah, dude, I've gotten frustrated <laughs> with, and we'll wrap up in a second. I because we're like we just hit over an hour. I know Kyle, you got shit to do. Um, and I got to keep these pipes fresh for another podcast later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just think I get really frustrated a lot of times. Well, not a lot of times because it doesn't happen a lot, but like I've written stuff where it's like purposely dissonant or not necessarily fully dissonant. It's just, it doesn't fit into mm -hmm. like theory wise. It doesn't fit into the key that I was playing in until I got to that chord. Mm -hmm. And then that, I, cause I don't know what I'm doing, theory -wise, <laughs> but I like that. 
and it to me it's, it still sounds right in context. That's but all like, that matters. People will yeah. say like, "Oh, that's the wrong note." I'm like, dude, it's not though. Yeah, it's the wrong note if. It's only the wrong note if the next note's the wrong note. Yeah, there's no, yeah. (laughs) There's no wrong note. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's a passing note. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it is, yeah. And that's like, that's what, that is what really kind of made me good at kind of improvising is because I don't know theory, so I would play so many wrong notes at first, and I still do, but like, I like playing wrong notes because sometimes it helps you figure out a different way of thinking about the part you're playing. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't mean to go there, but, like, I can go there. And it's like, it forces you to be a good improviser in order to play a wrong note and make it sound like you intended to do it. Like, you really have to, like, have a good working memory of, like, how the guitar sounds and where to go from there. And like, Yeah. You know what I mean? So Part of me feels like that's what, like, trying is, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes sense, I, yeah. it probably doesn't. But like, I don't feel like I'm trying unless I can figure out something. Because like, I can pick up a guitar in two minutes, and I know what chords are gonna sound good next to each other. Uh huh. Because I've been doing it so long, and everyone kind of does. But if you didn't take the time to explore and figure out something new, a new way, at least to yourself, then yeah. you don't feel like you're pushed. You didn't figure out anything new to yourself. You're yeah. playing Blink-182 songs. <laughs> right, right. Like, you can do that all day. Just like, reorganizing the chords. It's a formula. Patterns. Yeah. But, well, you know, we'll wrap up. I want to make sure that uh, I didn't miss anything, though. Or, and if let me know if I missed anything or there's something else you wanted to, to bring up. But if not, just, you know, let people know where they can find all your music and social medias and stuff. I do want to jump in real quick. For sure. Uh, and just throw a quick shout-out to my good friends at uh, Here Goes Nothing Records, Hector and Devin. Uh, we're very early stages of talking about what we're going to do, but it seems like we're going to be releasing some version of Elevator Games through them coming up. Mm-hmm. Dope. Dope, dope, dope. Uh, in terms of where you can find us, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, it's at Feast for the Crows, I think, everywhere. Um our full albums up everywhere you can listen to music. We also just dropped a pretty cool uh, guitar playthrough of one of our songs last week. Oh, sweet! Um, trying to get some content going during quarantine, you know. So. Yeah. But yeah, that's about it. Cool. All Thanks right. for having us. Yeah, dude, for sure. All right, Kyle, we'll let you go, dude, and uh, just let us know when when we're doing the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna hang up here. Go put my walkie on. Check in at work. As soon as we get the B-roll rolling, I'm going to call you back for up two. All righty, dude. Sounds good. Take her easy. Yeah. Later. God, that sucked. (laughs) (laughs) I can eat. There you have it, ladies and gents. Feast for the Crows and your boy. Um, Again, check out their record. Um, Give the podcast a follow on social media. On Instagram, invite the neighbors pod on Twitter at ITN pod. Um, you know, follow on Spotify, subscribe on your uh, podcast streaming platform of choice, and tell a friend about the podcast. Uh, shoot us a DM if you have suggestions for someone you'd like to see, or if you're in a band and you want to be on the podcast, um, send us an email, invite the neighbors at gmail.com, and just let us know a little bit about your sound and what you're trying to promote. and just know that, you know, we're booked into freaking July right now, so it's going to be a minute. Um, so get your spot now is what I'm saying. Um, thank you for listening, and, uh, yeah, that's it, dude. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>